0: We're going to turn to the reading of God's Word from Romans chapter 8, verses 28 through 39. And uh, I didn't coordinate with anybody. I'm going to read from the NIV version because that's what I have. So I'm going to be reading from that. Romans 8, 28. We begin there at that verse. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose, For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those He predestined, He also called, He also justified. And those He justified, He also glorified. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life. Is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the hand, from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any power, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Here ends the reading of God's holy and inspired word. So I've talked to the children, now I want to talk to the whole group gathered here today, and I want to find my audience. So um, how many of you are Dutch? That's good, I'm glad to know, because I I am too. And so um, I don't know, did, did Nate get my picture put in? Is there a picture in there for me? He didn't, okay. Nate was supposed to put a picture in, he didn't. When he gets back, please let him know. It was supposed to be a picture of a tulip. Any of you ever here seen a tulip? Just, just want to make sure that you, I know who I'm talking to. and I, you know, I, you know, Tulips, tulips. Uh, way to go. You guys are good back there. All right, still getting Nate in trouble. All right, so uh, a tulip, very familiar to, to us. It's a you know, symbol for us, for us people who are adult, Dutch, but it's also part of our salvation. When we talk about salvation, there's also a tulip. And in the midst of TULIP, as we look at the letters of TULIP, there's, a, there's an I which stands for irresistible grace. And this morning I'm going to talk about irresp- irresistible grace in the terms of irresistible charm, because that's what I know. You know, you are all looking at me and say, that's a very charming man. I can, just, I can see in your faces, I can read your minds. Be careful because I can do that. When we talk about salvation, God actively pursues us. And so what we're going to look at is is more of what I talked about with the kids, is prior to a wedding, where do you start? I mean, you don't decide, get up one morning say, I'm going to have a wedding today, I'm going to marry that person, and pick a random person. It starts with building uh, a relationship. Uh, A young man dating a young lady is kind of uh, how we learn about God's irresistible charm or His grace. Um, I want to remind us all as we begin that there's only one way to heaven. I really appreciate the music. It was well chosen. And as I've said many years, um, it's not just two people. It is the Holy Spirit guiding Because the the first song talked about the amazing grace of God. And and it fits so well into what we're talking about. I want to remind us, uh, there's only one way to heaven. Let's look at verse 29 for a moment. Verse 29 says, For those God foreknew, he He also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of His Son, That he might be the firstborn among many brothers. God conformed us to be like his son. His son, the only way to salvation. His irresistible grace goes hand in hand with his love. You cannot separate God's love and God's grace. So, our salvation is illustrated by a dating process. Now, for some of us, that's a long time ago. For some, it may not be so long ago. But where does the the dating process start? Most often, it starts by by, by learning somebody's name, getting to know them. It's like, you know, um, who's that girl sitting across the table from me? It it starts in the the school cafeteria. It, It starts at a high school dance. It could happen at a youth group outing. Just checking to see if any parents are running out to get their phones and call their kids back home. But, but it can happen there, where, where two people get together and they start to, and they, they learn their names, they get to know each other. Um, this is, this is the, the awkward kind of stage. Some of you may remember in going through that. Uh, it's an introduction stage. You find out someone's name. And that's the same way with salvation. What's the first thing you do when you tell somebody about salvation? You talk about Jesus. You you don't really start too much in in Revelation, do you? Someone asked, and I was was told for years, if you want someone to, to, where do I start in the Bible? You know, you may think, well, Genesis, talking about God and creation, but the place to start is in John. Because John Illustrates to us about Jesus and how he does signs and wonders so that people might know him. And so, if you're ever questioning and somebody's asking you, What, what do I read? How do I? You introduce them to Jesus and tell them, Read the book of John. And so, we introduce people uh, to Jesus. Now, after that awkward stage of, of learning someone's name, there's this next stage, which is about becoming friends we we might meet together we might sit at lunch together um, you might call them you might do things Um, it's it's kind of the introduction to the to the dating process The dating process where you know you call your buddy and say, Hey, you know, let's get together, or you call a friend or a neighbor and say, let's get together and let's do things and get to know them and get to learn about them, go out on a a group date, or do something like that. And so as we look at how we date, we also look about how do we date Jesus? How do we build a relationship with Jesus? Well, if you are listening, I just told you, you. You read the Bible. You read the Bible and spend time in prayer. Daily you read the Bible, spend time in prayer, so you understand and know, who's this Jesus that people are talking about? They introduced me, is Jesus just a name? You know, you come here and we're going to praise Jesus, we're going to sing about Jesus. Well, is that just a name? Or do you know Jesus. Do you personally in your heart have a relationship with Jesus? We want to know who the ins and outs of Jesus is. And we learn that by by reading the the scriptures. The Old Testament, too. The Old Testament talks about the, the Jesus coming and who he will be. The good shepherd. The one who suffers and dies. So we'd be awkward stage, becoming friends, dating, and the next stage is engagement and what we performed up here is a marriage, a a commitment stage. This step in salvation is where we come to the church and we say, I believe in Jesus Christ. I've given my life over to him. Jesus is the Lord of my life, he's he's the Lord, he he rules my heart, and we come before the church and, and the elders and leaders of the church to say, I want to profess in front of everybody, Jesus is my Lord. We come to a wedding and two people stand up and they say, I commit my life to you, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and health, till death do us part. And that's what it is when someone stands up before you and professes their faith and say, I believe in God the Father Almighty, Jesus Christ, His Lord, His only Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I believe and commit my life to Him. This is, and for some of you older who may understand this, younger kids may not, this is where you put on Facebook that you're in a relationship You're in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So, awkward stage, getting to know somebody, becoming friends, starting to date, becoming engaged in marriage. Well, we're not over yet, are we? Because what happens next? We celebrate anniversaries. And we celebrate. We celebrate, you know, we make a big deal of of 25, uh, uh, of 50, uh, years ago when there was a there was three couples that were were, were celebrating you know 60 years some celebrate 70 years of marriage and we celebrate that because they have committed to each other and they're celebrating um, my wife and I are celebrating 32 years of marriage and I I am so privileged to have walked with her 32 years and grown in our life into a lasting, loving relationship. So how many years have you been celebrating that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? We should have those anniversary times. We should say, you know, 25 years. I've been living for Jesus Christ what a joy! Fifty years I've been living in a relationship with Jesus Christ, and as we do that, we then encourage others who want to celebrate. When I look at someone who's been married fifty years, I you know I, I question, I talk to you know how do you do it, and they tell you and explain. It's give and take, and that, and it's building a relationship. As you sit in this church, people who have been here for for many years, who celebrate 50 years, do you ask them, how do you keep fresh in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Because you see, there is value, there is knowledge, there is love in people who have, have walked for years and built a relationship with Jesus Christ. Honor them, respect them, use them To share with others what a relationship, a growing relationship is with Jesus Christ. Now, I I want to break down the steps just a little bit more and relate them to Paul's uh, teaching. Uh, The first is where we are called, if you have your Bibles open, in verse 30. And those he predestined, he also called. He calls them. He calls you by by name. You, You are mine. Now there's two aspects to the calling. The first is external. You hear the name of Jesus Christ. For me, growing up, the epitome of the one who just stood out as one who gave the external call was Billy Graham. Billy Graham would speak to thousands, to hundreds of thousands, just massive people. And he would extend a call to know Jesus Christ. And that was external. You heard it every time he preached. He gave the external call to build a relationship with Jesus Christ. But then there's the internal. That's where the Holy Spirit is working on us convicting us convicting us and working on your heart now in the dating process you know that what that's all about maybe you can remember if you're not too old that's the time where your your stomach would turn you know the girl would walk into the room or the guy would walk into the room and your stomach would turn your hands and your palms would start to sweat you know your brain was disconnected to your mouth and you're like it's like whoa what's wrong with you? It's like, well, and that's the way it is. When the Holy Spirit, when we hear that call and the Holy Spirit is convicting our hearts, we are like, gosh, I don't know what's happening. There's a warm feeling in your heart and your heart starts racing. This is where, you know, being a guy, the girl walks into the room and you go, Wow, Why have I never noticed her before? Why have I never heard about Jesus before? Well, maybe you've heard the name of Jesus, but maybe you've never introduced to who, who Jesus is. We're different inside because the Holy Spirit is working on us because there's an internal conflict. As, as Tom was, was praying this morning, he was talking about the conflict of, uh, of life and, and death and, and choosing life. And that's a conflict we all struggle with. And the Holy Spirit is helping us to convict us that we want to choose not just life here, we want to choose eternal life. So we get to know somebody, and then we enter into the friends or, or dating stage of salvation. This is the, the stage where nobody else matters, you know. you got their, their picture in your room and, and, and on your phone now and you look at it and uh, you, you change, you know, the, the, the boys, you know, who are slobs and wear the same clothes and they don't, I don't care if I have stains all over my shirt. Now it's like, why do you have a clean shirt on? Oh, I just thought I'd look nice today, you know. That's because this girl I'm going to see. And we, we change. And that's what happens when we, when we experience Jesus Christ in our life. We, people see a change in us. It's like we, it's not necessarily that our outward clothes are clean, but our inward heart is starting to be clean, And it's a change. And we start thinking more about others than about myself and caring about them. Jesus takes more of a, our time and our focus When you see that one special girl, that one special guy, and you think, I just want to be with him all the time. That's the way it is with Jesus. We want to be with him. We want to to focus on him. You know, we don't see other boys and other girls. It's just that one. And Jesus is the one. Our relationship with Jesus changes our attitudes and our actions. And others start to see that. Why are you different? Why are you talking different? Why are you acting? Why didn't you do what you used to do? Because I'm living for Jesus. So God calls us to be in relationship with Him and friends with His Son. We become adopted like the firstborn. When we decide to marry someone, we become engaged and we commit to them. And Paul refers to this as the, the justification stage. Look at verse 30 again. Those He predestined, He called. Those He called, He also justified. Justified. You know what that means? Simply it means God looks at you just as if you had never sinned. Now it doesn't say that we never sin, but God looks at us through the blood of Jesus Christ poured out on the cross. He looks at us just as if you had never sinned. But we still have sin that we're battling with, but God sees us in a whole new way. Just as the bride, the groom loves the one they're marrying in spite of their faults. I do, you know, do marrying counseling and ask, you know, if you, one of the things I had, are there any habits you don't like? And Yes, there are some, you know, I don't like the way he, you know, does this, or I don't like the way she does that. And so I said, you know, you need to work on that. You need to do that. We, we all have those little idiosyncrasies. And, and we, we marry the person because we, we all have faults. We all, you know, nobody's perfect. And, and as we come to, to, to have a relationship with Jesus, Jesus loves us in spite of our sin. Now, that's a big fault, isn't it? Uh, The last step in marriage is in the the marriage and the the salvation, where where the spouse works on us to be the person that we can be. You know, it's like a rock in the river that the river keeps working on and keeps smoothing over the years. Your spouse works on you to try to help smooth out those rough edges. Some of you are thinking, "Gosh, I don't know if I'll ever get there. (laughs) He's so stubborn." Or she never listens, but you know, keep working. This is what we call the last part of verse 30, the glorification stage, where we get glorified, where we become more and more like, like Jesus. Jesus seeks for us to, to become a new person, to behave and live differently. There are so many people that live for this world. How much money am I going to make? What can I accumulate? How much joy can I get out of this world? You know there's a cap to that? But there's no cap in how much joy we can experience in knowing and living for Jesus Christ. We become a new creation when earth And heaven pass away, there's a new heaven and a new earth, and we become completely glorified. So this whole process of salvation, where we get to introduce to Jesus Christ, where we get to learn about Jesus Christ, where we get to make a commitment to Jesus Christ, and where we live our life for Jesus Christ. God gives us all the things we need. We join in the covenant relationship. And nothing can separate us. The verses 38 and 39. Paul writes to the church at Rome I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation, in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate us. So, that's the process. It's really very simple. My challenge to you this morning... Figure out where you're at. Where are you at in that plan of salvation? Is Jesus Christ just a name? Do you come here and say, Yeah, Jesus, we we heard the name of Jesus? Uh, Are you friends? Have you made a commitment to live your life? If you've made that commitment, are you growing in that relationship? Have you been building that relationship for years? And my challenge is for you to figure that out and then talk to Nate or Pastor Scott and say, here's where I'm at in my relationship with Jesus. How can I move to the next step? Or maybe you're you're, you're celebrating 20, 30, 40 years of living for Christ. And that's where you're at, and you know that you're at. Talk about that, and then the challenge for you is to say, who can I walk alongside and help teach them in this process? Because see, you're never done. Once I become a Christian, it's not like I'm a Christian, I'm saved, I don't care about any of you. No. I care about every individual that's here. I want us all to be together at the throne of grace. With our Lord Jesus Christ. And whatever it takes or whatever I need to do, I need to be doing that. So take up that challenge. Figure out where you're at. And talk about it. This is not something, okay, this is where I'm at. This is not a checkoff box. This is a challenge. Challenge because in Timothy, it says God's desires that all people will come to know him and know his plan of salvation. Take up the challenge and go forth in Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you love us. You love us so much that you made the supreme sacrifice. And now, Lord, in response to your love and your amazing grace, we want to give back to you, but not just regurgitating, but to share it, to be part of this plan of salvation. Lord, we are plan A. You have no plan B. This is, that's us. We're the hands and feet of Jesus in the world today, and we need to do what we're called to do. Share who Jesus is, share the plan, be part of the plan, and bring others to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. So bless us, Lord, as we look into our hearts and seek to find out where we're at and who you are in our lives and to grow in our relationship with you. In your name we pray, amen.